0: Every team, every topic,
1: everywhere. This is believe. Football won't be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for your sports betting needs. Head over to the website and use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Right to Olympic coverage, it's the best in the business. From sports right down to your ve- your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online, where the game starts.
0: You're listening to the Believe in Jaguars podcast with Lori Fitzpatrick, Connor Miles, and Clay Harbor.
1: All right, thanks for tuning in to another Believe in Jaguars episode. Co-host Connor Miles here with my co-host Clay Harbour and Laurie Fitzpatrick as well. As always, we are powered by BetOnline.ag. Head on over to BetOnline.ag during this March Madness and use promo code BLEAV to get up to 50% up matching on your initial deposit. That's up to 50% up matching on your initial deposit on BetOnline.ag. Guys, free agency is underway. Absolutely insane for the Jacksonville Jaguars. A ton of splurging on Jacksonville's end. Some key guys are out the building, DJ Shark, Miles Jack. We're going to discuss that as well. They seem to replace him with guys like Christian Kirk, Say Jones. Um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce Foye's last name, the linebacker from Falcons, who I really like, Kwan or something like that along those lines, but... Oh, yeah. uh, Brandon Sharif is also in the building as well. Not going to be another Andrew Norwell signing at all. Brandon Sharif is a top three guard in this game, year in and year out. Regardless of who is on that Washington offensive line, regardless who is coaching him, he's always playing to a top five standard. I don't believe that will change Jacksonville. I don't believe this is another Andrew Norwell signing. I believe this is the guy that they need on the interior line for years to come going forward. Uh, but let's just start it off with the wide receiver talk, though, Clay, because you had an interesting tweet about DJ shark especially during this time where jacksonville essentially said sorry dj we value zay jones and christian kirk over you we're going to pay you this amount of money while the short lines like gave him a one-year 12 million dollar deal
0: yeah so uh before before the, the signing of christian kirk i had mentioned that i would like to see you know alan robinson in a in the jags uniform and um also said I wouldn't mind seeing the return of uh, DJ Chark, and then, you know, going back and forth. I watched some 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 plays from from Chark, and you know, just trying to see what I what I really um, liked about the guy. And just in my research, I I happened to uh, to start texting with one of my old teammates who played with him. And I I didn't I miss Chark when I was there, and he was there longer. I don't want to give his name. He didn't really want to be put out there, and He told me, he goes, hey, he goes, Alan Robinson is on a complete another level is DJ Chark. He said that um, DJ Chark couldn't make contested catches. He wasn't tough, and he um, is a a three receiver in his opinion. And um, he said that that was kind of a consensus when he was there um, of how everybody kind of felt about Chark. He also said some other things. Um, but we can get into, uh, you know, Miles Jack, Loved Miles Jack, but Miles Jack, big film guy, didn't put a ton of work in in the weight room. There was a few things there. Um, but, yeah, we can get into some of the other stuff. But he basically said that he didn't think Chark was a was a guy that was going to make an impact. And, and, and when I tweeted that, it kind of picked up a lot of steam and, you know, hopefully he can um, he can play well in uh, in Detroit. But. You know, I, I think that uh, Alan Robinson, from his perspective, was on a complete another level. And it kind of makes sense if that was what people in the building were thinking, that they went a different direction with Zay Jones and Christian Kirk instead of bringing back DJ Chark.
1: Yeah, I mean, that tweet got so much publicity. I mean, everybody assumed Jalen Ramsey was the one <laughs> leaking this to you. And Jalen Ramsey had to, himself had to come out and quote that tweet and <laughs> say, wasn't me. Stop blaming me. Uh, that was a huge, huge tidbit by you. You caused a ton of uproar in Jaguars Nation. Love it. Um, Lori, you actually had a very rational thought into the release of Miles Jack and what it went into that. Uh, to give your thoughts to the show because I think that the whole audience needs to hear because this was a guy that uh, was a fan favorite.
2: Yeah, I mean, just to kind of build on what Clay was saying, I think him not being in the weight room showed Uh, because he's, he's not, he's a, he's a workhorse, right? He, he works his ass off. He runs all over the field, sideline to sideline type of athletic, uh, linebacker. And that shows on the film, but his tackling, he's always tackling high. And I'm always like tweeting that during the games, like every single time, like there's Miles Jack trying to tackle someone by the shoulder pads again, like never getting down low. And if he just got in the weight room. Um, then he may be able to tackle like that and would be some, uh, at least somewhat successful. Um, but his form was just like terrible, um, and I've always had that feeling. And, and yeah, he's he was like the second mayor after Calais, um, in terms of like just being loved by the city. But um, I think it was like after Paz left, they really haven't had a, a stuffer in in the linebacker position, and and I think he was just different and. I don't know. People loved them, but um, I was really happy when they decided to go with Foye, and, and not a lot of people were. Um, but that's the—it's the total opposite of what, what Miles Jack is. He—he's an actual tackler that can bring guys down uh, when you need it most. So, um, if that's what you're referring to, like his tackling, and then then yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm happy with I'm happy with the move um, about him going. I wish him the best and everything, you know. It's just, I, he's a guy that you can kind of win in spite of. He's not a guy that's going to take a, a position to the next level. Like, he's not going to be like, oh, if because of Miles Jack, blah, blah, blah. And, and I know you could say the whole Miles Jack wasn't down thing, which is great. Yeah, he's good at the, he has good ball skills at the point of either the catch, he gets his hand in there, or, you know, he, he works extra hard. Um, but those things are like, he takes advantage of the little things that, you know, maybe the wide receiver isn't paying attention to, or anybody that just secures the catch to the ground, he's not going to rip it out of his hands. Like if, if the guy's really holding on to it. So, um, I mean, he, I don't know. I, there's just something about him that doesn't strike me as like an amazing linebacker. That's going to get all of this praise down the line. He's just like, he's a good attribute to your team, but he's not going to like take over. You know what I mean? Right.
1: Because I mean, on this previous episode, I was talking about Mike Caldwell's impact in Jacksonville, what he's going to bring to this Jacksonville's defense, and I thought, you know, Miles Jack's going to be a benefactor of that. Clearly, they thought differently during the evaluation process. Uh, Caldwell, I mean, this is a Mike Caldwell's decision. If you ask me, I mean, they're telling him. Usually, when Doug has typically been a head coach, he stays on the offensive side. He stays away from the defensive personnel. And he trusts his defense coordinator to make the decisions to be the head coach of the defense. I believe that's the same case here of Mike Caldwell, and that's why he brought Caldwell in, because of the respect that they have for each other. Um, it's a mutual respect. They've known each other for years. It just seems like Mike Caldwell is going to be the head coach of the defense. So for him to come in right off the bat and say, hey, you know, Miles Jack has been a fan favorite. He's been a team captain. He's been a leader for this team. Not going to fit my scheme. Not going to happen. I, we got to go in a different direction. And then they identify foyer. I mean, that's... That's telling. I mean, that's just how the new coaching staff evaluated it and thought, you know, they needed to upgrade that position yeah. at linebacker and move on yeah. from Miles Jack. So, uh, so, trust in Mike Caldwell.
0: I think that you know Miles Jack's more comfortable at the will. You know, I thought that right. he and um, from the people I've talked to from the from the players, they thought that as well. And um, I thought they could have played with both these guys because I think Foyer and Jack could both play, you know, Mike or Will. And I thought, mm-hmm. I mean, like, why not? Why not yeah. try to see if we can put both these guys on the field instead of just exchanging one for one? You'd upgrade the position. I know Miles Jack didn't grade out well on PFF last year. Is a, a thirty. Yeah, but neither
2: did Foyer. I don't like PFF. I know
0: PFF to me is it's not the end all be all with the grades. I think it is something you can look at because those guys do have some good some good insight there. And you know, Foyer had 192 tackles. I know Miles Jack had over 100, led the team. Foyer was an old cornerback at Yale so mm-hmm. he's you know he's super athletic and um he's also uh you know he's a thumper he's a guy that can hit and he's he's a freak mm-hmm. I like I like Foyer I mean I don't know if I like him for you know 3 years 45 million 28 guaranteed I mean mm-hmm. that's a lot of money for for a linebacker but you know I like him I I thought maybe there's a, maybe bring another guy in maybe you could have kept Jack but you know yeah. he's guy that i'm excited to see on the field and um you know i think he will outplay his you know pff grade which had him you know 65 out of 87 linebackers at a a, a 46 47 percent grade so you know we'll see the guy led the league in tackles and um he's an athletic former yeah
2: yeah yeah former former db and you know i posted some clips of him kind of going up there and getting he picked off uh patrick mahomes in 2020 you know he had three picks just last year, I believe, or in the last two years. So um, he has a couple pass past defense and, you know, maybe he's not as good in coverage. So that's why, you know, I'm thinking exactly what you're thinking, Clay. When, when Jaguars first got him, I saw a an article on how miles and him could play together. I thought that would have been awesome. You know, it would have been like a great uh, linebacker athletic duo. They would have been sideline to sideline, like out of control. They would have been everywhere. Um I was but that as well. Yeah. But I think I think it was something where Miles Jack was kind of done too. where, you know, somebody said that apparently when Mike was talking to him on the phone, uh, somebody tweeted. I don't know if you guys saw it, but when when Mike was talking to Miles on the phone, he kind of seemed like he was kind of out of here. And maybe they offered him, hey, you going to you got to take a pay cut or something. And he wasn't willing to negotiate. So he decided to leave. Uh, And, you know, that that's probably
0: what happened. Right. But him
2: playing Will and Mike, those two kind of like inter-exchanging, maybe on certain plays, I think that would have been cool. As but um,
0: They both could play both positions. It it's interesting. It's, I mean, it's, it's, we've, we've done a lot of exchanging, you know, in, in terms of, you know, signing players and then letting a player go. It's like the Norwell-Brandon-Sheriff deal. It's like the, you know, we're letting go of, you know, Chark and then we're bringing in, you know, Christian Kirk. Look at the wide receivers. You know we we brought in two guys, but they're both predominantly slot players. I know Christian Kirk can play outside, but he's more effective at slot. We already have visco over there in the slot. We have Zay Jones we just brought in the slot, and obviously we have Marvin Jones on the outside, but I feel like if you wanted to bring two slot guys in, you already have a decent slot. Guy. I mean, I mean we'll need another outside guy
2: i I think Zay and Kirk can actually play on the outside like together. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, on one side, Christian Kirk maybe in the slot, Zay on the outside, um, and Marvin Jones on the other side of the field. Um, But uh, I think Zay is a really good blocker too. Uh, You know, in 2020, you know, I wrote something. I wrote a whole article on all of the Jaguars um, signings, all seven. I graded them all, put a little details behind there, and and Zay actually got like a 90.1 PFF grade back to PFF um, in blocking in 2020 so he and him lining up on the outside like he's a big body and that's one thing that dj chark was really good at was was blocking honestly yeah um and so i think maybe they were just looking for a replacement there and they they should sign an x guy but um i think christian and him could play on the same side together yeah. um zay could kind of spread the field a little bit open up christian up the seam um but uh, you have to you have to think about Christian also was on a loaded wide receiver core, right? So maybe he didn't play outside as much because like other guys had those positions, but I think he's versatile enough to be like the X receiver. And I mean, we're going to see, right. We're going to see this year. He's not going to yeah. be stuck in the slot because it's the best they got right now.
0: Well, last year was the first year. I mean, he played outside, but I mean, last year the year exploded was just, you know, just that being the first year that he was really in the slot and, with all that production, he, um, you know, he just seemed to take off. When he did get to play in the slot, he was slotting the college in college. But you know, the, the, the previous three seasons, he he was uh, predominantly an outside receiver. So I'm not saying he can't play out there. I'm yeah. Just saying the most production he's had. And if you want to utilize him to the best of his ability, I think it's as a slot receiver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, to me, that was just kind of interesting. I like the move. I mean, obviously, you know, he's getting a lot of money. 72 you know 72 that's a lot so 30 37 guaranteed i mean that's a lot of money for a receiver that's never cracked a, you know a thousand yards
1: right like and you and i are talking off air I, I think jacksonville's market you have to slightly overpay free agents at this point for where they're at as a franchise right now i mean they're coming off a doug marone era where all the stars wanted out all the yeah. stars were like trade me get me out of here i'm leaving jacksonville and they hire urban meyer which was a complete joke around the NFL world. Let's just be honest. It was. No, Nobody looked at that as a, as a grid move. Now they're already on their third head coach in three years, and Doug Peterson, and granted, his reputation is what it is. But if I'm a free agent and I'm getting interest, let's Christian Kirk, for example, his market was the Eagles, Lions, and there was another mystery team involved too. Um, I'm weighing all my options. Honestly, the best option is Jacksonville because of Trevor Lawrence but you still have to convince me like, Hey, your organization has gone through a ton of dysfunction lately. Uh, you're going to have to sweeten the deal a little bit to get me there. I Christian Kirk's probably going to see two years of that deal. Let's be honest. Like he, After the, after that second year that deal is up, he's going to either take a pay cut or he's going to be gone. Um, I think right now your, your biggest point is to put weapons around Trevor Lawrence that fit the yeah. quarterback. I think yeah. that's where Doug Peterson struggled in Philadelphia. I think that's where he's fixing it now in Jacksonville is he signed when he was with Philly, they brought in Alshon and they brought in Torrey Smith. Torrey Smith fit Carson once. Alshon did not. They just signed the guy because of his name. I think this time around, Doug said, we can't do that. We got to fit the wide receivers that fit the quarterback. Christian Kirk and Zay Jones have very secure hands. Yeah. What did, what did Trevor Lawrence deal with the most last year?
0: Drops. drops. So, uh, number one drops in the league. You know, this had eight drops. He was the league leader in drops with eight. Catchable balls. Trevor Lawrence had the most dropped catchable balls in the league. But my thing is, is so so obviously Christian Kirk's your number one receiver, right? Mm-hmm. Is that is that the number the number one receiver? I mean,
1: yeah. Depends how they feel. I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Depends. I know Marvin Jones is what he is at this point in his career, but you bring in Jim Bob Cooter for a reason. You believe in Marvin Jones for a reason. Um, you're, you know, you're you're talking about shopping Luis Chenault instead of marvin jones for a reason um i don't want to say it has to be christian kirk because of what he's getting paid he's gonna yeah. have to get the most targets especially if he does play predominantly the slot i would imagine he does get the most targets but i think if you're on the depth chart right now i i, I would have to imagine marvin's number one
0: yeah lavisca chennault is uh i think the writing's on the wall for him he's he's gonna i mean his time is you know his number because. He tried to play a little bit outside last year and he just he just didn't didn't perform there. He struggled. And um, you know, he's a slot guy. So I
1: think and, the GM and coaching staff didn't invest in him.
0: Yeah. And it's that uh, separation, man. And who knows, Evan Ingram. You know, he's a tight end, but he plays, you know, he plays a lot of slot too. He's not that reminds notes. me, we got, we got three of our
1: free agent predictions correct. Yeah. So I said four. Well, we've still got a little bit to go, but I, three is pretty damn good. I had Christian Kirk, Laurie had Brandon Sharif, and then Clay had Evan Ingram, and all yeah. three of those people did sign with the – Yeah, you had Evan
2: way. Ingram, didn't you?
0: That's wild. Did. Yeah, I like him, but I'm, I'm, he's not – so he's not a strong blocker. You know, he plays a lot, a lot. And we got all these slot guys, but uh, I think, he, you know, it'll be nice having him on the field, you, you know, backside of runs, backside of zone cutoffs. You know, I think it's great. He can stretch the Two things
1: are going his way, though. Yeah. Two things are going Evan Ingram's way. One, he finally has a freaking quarterback. Yeah. Two, a coach that actually knows how to use tight ends.
0: Yeah.
2: But you know what I'm worried about? This blocking. You think Jawan Taylor, man? I just, what's going to happen with him?
1: What kind of blocker is Dan
0: Arnold?
2: He's,
0: he's, decent, Arnold. he's decent, but a he... blocker.
2: <laughs> he's more he's he's a better catcher though, right?
1: I don't yeah, think that this solid, precludes yeah. them from drafting a tight end.
0: Yeah. But I, I don't know Ingram. Ingram had a lot of drops last year. He's, I mean, he's a good mm-hmm. player. He wanted a one year deal, so you know he's motivated. He wants that one year deal, which is cool. If you can get the big deal. I mean, that's what he wanted. Want yeah, be- isn't that crazy?
2: I, w- I was listening to what he yeah. said, and he wanted it.
0: Yeah, so that's good. That means, yo, I'm betting on myself. I'm going to come on here. I'm going to work. So that's a good sign. But like as you said, um, you know, as you said, Lori, like the O line, right? Let's. I mean, okay, what we really do? We we brought back, you know, Cam. We signed sheriff, but you know Linder's still iffy, and now we we still got Jawan Taylor at the right tackle. You know who's our who's our right guard right now? Like what? what so what are we doing on the right side of our line?
1: I can't believe AJ Can got a job. Texas <laughs> signed him in like one of the first weeks of free agency. The Texans brought him in. Honestly, that's that one of the worst right guards I've ever seen play on film. Yeah, so I'm just gonna be honest. That's I you know they got the draft still. Uh, I think they're they gonna try to trade down.
2: They call him AJ Can't.
1: Yeah, because he definitely can't block, that's for sure. Um, Oh, man. (laughs) Before we get into uh, figuring out the O-line, I think what is huge about a couple of these free agents is that they brought in, these coaches do have some type of of experience with them. Mike Caldwell was watching Foye on Atlanta's defense, playing him twice a year. Um. So if you yeah. admire somebody like that enough to, when you get a job and you get to make the personal decisions to bring them in, that's, that's important to me. Evan Ingram, Brandon Sharif, Doug Pearson, seen them in the NFCs for years. He knows what they're capable of. Um, yep. Doug has been very successful with athletic tight ends. Look what he just did with Dallas Goddard, Trey Burton, Zach Ertz. Um, I, I think Evan Ingram's in for a career turnaround with Jacksonville. It's funny to say, cause you know, who goes to that's not what Jacksonville's been doing lately that haven't turned around people's careers around but I think they can turn around Evan Ingram's career around and I think he I think he had options too to be honest with you guys uh, people want tall athletic tight ends and he is a good route runner he has to work on his drops obviously but he is a good route runner he's going to be a uh a, take a advantage of these matchups especially in that AFC South who I think the safety play there is a little weaker now uh, yeah. given this offseason so uh, I'm really I'm really liking Evan Ingram's uh, addition to this Jacksonville's offense. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be utilizing him a lot. But I just – the one thing I like about these receiver ads that I know they're not flashy. And I know that not everybody's super excited about them, especially with the money that they're getting. But the secure hands, the reliability, and then the fitting of the quarterback, the way he trusts his guys to just uh, make the contested catch, like Clay was saying earlier, that's been a problem. Um, Trevor Lawrence really trusts his receivers. I mean, you go back to his college tape with Justin Ross – T. Higgins, he'll throw it up to those guys and make the make their big bodies make the catch. I think Zay Jones can do that on the outside. I think Christian Kirk can do that in the slot. He's also a deep threat as well. Very underrated deep threat. Um, I like it's hard. I mean, I like all the moves. Yeah. I know that they still got to fix they still got holes on the offensive line, but they have prime draft capital to take advantage of that as well. So um I'd like to see, you know, again, still bringing in a safety. Hasn't done that yet. I wanted to want to see them bring in a safety, but uh, other than that, I, they're in the right direction for sure. They're trending in the right direction.
0: Yeah, they're they're tr- they're definitely trending in the right direction. But I mean, I was really excited at first, but after I started to really dig a little deeper, I obviously we're better. The team's better. Nobody can say that they're not better. I feel like it's been a little bit of um <clears throat> the, the rhyme or reason for some of this stuff is I'm I'm missing it, but I think it, it can all fit together after the draft, and there's still a lot of free agency left like we said, like what? So what's your guys take, you know, on the on the offensive line? Obviously, you know, Linder, ever, th- that's still a question. Do we do we have Joan Taylor? Are we going to try to move, you know, little over to the, you know, to the right side? You know, um, Will Richardson. I don't know what the what the plan is there, because I mean, we got one we got one new player on the line and, you know, Norwell wasn't wasn't terrible wasn't our worst offensive lineman last year i would say right no he was so uh, well, i mean we're just replacing him and everybody else everybody else is the same so that's my I, thing we didn't really we didn't really get better we we, play, we replaced one position that wasn't that bad but we did get a great player
1: i mean you know doug better than anybody in this uh podcast right now i, I think you can take it to the bank they drink they take offensive tackle with that if they take the first pick or if they move down a little bit, I think you can take it to the bank offensive tackles their first pick.
0: Well, I mean I don't think so. Yeah. Oh, okay, Lori. Let's go. People aren't saying that. Yeah, Lori, go you go ahead.
2: No, I really don't think so. I think they're probably gonna move a little to the right side and compete with Juwan Taylor because Brandon is on the right, he's a right guard. So they ha- they have it locked down on the right side. Um, and they're really just missing a left guard if they decide to keep Linder. I mean even if they don't, I guess we're all comfortable with Shatley, right? Um, but nobody's comfortable with Ben Barch. <laughs> so no. I think you know the left guard is is more of a of an issue than than anything right now. Um, yeah. Well, I mean tackle is more of up in the air. So it, I would be comfortable with Little moving there. I just do not want Juan Taylor at right tackle. I just don't. I I hate it. I hate it. I've watched so much film, and he's like. Oh my gosh. I just, I have so, like, I just feel so strongly about that. I do not want him at right tackle. Um, Florida would, Gators
1: for the Jaguars are just not working out.
0: Yeah. The same team. For anybody, said, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The same teammate that said that um, DJ Chark, you know, wasn't um, on the same caliber as Alan Robinson and, you know, it number three receiver. He quoted as saying, you know, Juwan Taylor is a disaster. At, at tackle I you know that's that's what he said and um he said that a lot of people in in the organization when he was there felt the same way so I mean if that's the case I mean that's you know that's that's tough and, and that's if your team's thinking that and they're not you know uh confident in them then it makes me wonder and everybody everybody's penciling in you know Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan to to be that number one pick for the Jaguars right now that's You know, the the line on that, I think, is like minus 300 or something. But, you know, I still think that, you know, we can go with Evan Neal, you know, or... um, Can play guard. Yeah, yeah, Evan Neal could play guard or tackle. So that's what I like about him. You know, his first two, three years, he was a guard. Then he moved to tackle. He played right and tackle, and he played guard. This guy can play anywhere on the line besides center. That's one of the reasons I really like Neal. He's well-coached, obviously, with Saban in Alabama. Big guy, smart guy. So, I mean, honestly, me, personally, I know people are saying Aiden Aiden Hutchinson might be one of the best defenders in the draft in the last, you know, X amount of years. But I think right now we haven't really improved. We've improved our line a little bit just by swapping Norwell, you know, with Sheriff. But we haven't improved any other positions. No no other position has been improved. You know, you want to protect trevor lawrence and in my opinion that's supposed to be the number one thing you do obviously you bring in the best guard available but we've done nothing else so we're we're not better there in my opinion we got we got to do something else there bring some one position
1: there's one position group they're actually a lot better in that we haven't even touched on yet their quarterback trio is set tyson Campbell, darius williams and shaquille griffin i mean that's that's a pretty dang good trio of corners right there you ask me
0: yeah, great corners, and he wanted to come to Jacksonville. You know, people say nobody wants want to come. I mean, you are talking about it. He's a guy that actually wanted to come home. He's from the area.
2: Yeah, that's he amazing. Finally, finally, a guy didn't. Uh, you didn't have to overpay. He actually got a good price for him.
0: I got um, questions about the cornerbacks too, though. All none of those guys play slot. None of them play slot. You know, great players. I think they're all great players. I think they've. I think um, each of them played about. Five to ten percent of their snaps in the slot position last year. None of none of their specialty is slot. I think they can play slot, but those guys are, are they're, they're you know outside corners, so somebody's gonna well, have to learn to play slot there.
2: It'll, it'll be Darius, I think. Um, and if anything, they'll, they'll run more match, you know, match man, uh, like matching up, not, not man match, uh, which is different actually, but. Uh, But if they match up with actual wide receivers, um, like Darius will be on the faster guy. And if that guy is in the slot, then then that's probably where he's going to be. He did perform. I put in the article again. uh, I put in one of his like PFF grades. He's like the top three uh, when playing the slot. He like performed the best um, like in the league, top three in the league when, when he was there. So I don't know how many snaps he played there. Yeah. um you know like you're saying but he did pretty well um I don't feel comfortable with Trey uh being in the slot um what's his name uh I don't know why uh, his Trey uh, Herndon, that, no no reasonable. no I'm sorry well yeah actually I do not feel comfortable with Trey Hernan being there that's why they needed that third but I'm actually referring to Tyson I don't I don't feel comfortable with Tyson there I don't know if you guys remember. Um, in the beginning of the season last year, they put Tyson in the slot, and everybody was yes. like, "Oh my God, this kid is a bust." But when they lined him up on the outside, he, he like he got better every single game. I mean, yeah, on the outside. So I think him and uh, him and Shaquille, which I think Tyson has a higher ceiling than Shaquille at this point. Oh yes, um, he's so, their best
1: corner. He's their most talented corner. Is Tyson yeah. Campbell, in my opinion, absolutely?
2: Yeah. So I mean, I I see soon Darius kind of playing over Shaquille at some point, um, and uh, but but I do see uh, Darius in the slot more often than anyone else.
1: I think in this era of football, you have to be positionless, and what I mean by that is I think what Mike Caldwell wants to do with his defense is use his corners to his matchup advantages, like Laurie's saying. Um, I don't think you know. I understand what Clay's going with that one for sure, but I don't think they necessarily care right now. I think well, they want to go into week one and say, hey, we're playing. Is the schedule announced yet? Do they know who we're playing week one yet?
2: No, not yet. no, not yet.
1: So, when let's just say that's it's, it's the Colts and the Colts bring back T.Y. Hilton, and they have Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman Jr. I want to yep. put Tyson Campbell and Michael Pittman Jr. I'm going to put Darius uh, Williams on Paris Campbell because of his speed, and then I'll let Shaquille Griffith handle. T.Y. Hilton. That's just you know, that's my example.
0: Yeah. yeah. My and, just Williams played, you know, he played 90 snaps in the slot last year, which was 10% of the snaps he played in the entire season. And um, he's, played, he's played 110 snaps total in the slot in his five-year career. 110 snaps. Oh, wow. That's not five, a lot. Five career, no. Five-year career. So, I mean, he can play there, I think. You know, he played 10% of his plays last year. 91 snaps, but he's, that's just not what he's known for. He hasn't played there a lot and he's not as comfortable there. And I know, I mean, Hey, you're a cornerback; you can, you can, you can guard somebody, but for, for him, that's not his specialty. So I think he might be the guy that has to be there. And then, you know, you look at Campbell, he played 64 snaps in the slot last year, and that was only 7% of his snaps. So, I mean, these are guys that don't have a lot of experience Um you know, playing in the slot, but I think they can learn. And obviously you can, you can go through training cam. That's what you train for. And if, if they saw something saying, Hey, you know, he only played 90 snaps, but he can play there. And you know, I think maybe that's what they were thinking.
2: Well, like if, if you think about um Jalen Ramsey, right. When, when he was playing on the Jaguars, he never played in the slot. He was always on the outside and then he goes to the Rams and he's always in the nickel and he's dropping back like to the safety. Yeah. He played safety, you yeah. know, at, um, at, uh, you know, Sports South Florida. Thing, yeah. Uh, but, but it's like, I, you know, I think the scheme could have a lot to do with it. So like you're saying, Clay, he, he might have to play there. Um, but you know, I guess we'll see. And it's all up to Mike Caldwell, right? Yeah.
1: Cause it is interesting. I mean, Mike Caldwell is coming from the Todd Bowles, uh, defense of Tampa and, you know, they had Sean Murphy bunting as their nickel corner. And that was for the predominant nickel corner while he was healthy. And, you know, I, I guess you can you can compare Darius Williams' uh skill set to Sean Murphy bunting and maybe that's why there was some interest there as well on John Jacksonville's slide. I mean, you're right, it is gonna be a projection at this point. We're just spitballing and trying to figure it out ourselves because the resumes suggest that neither of these corners can play slots. So we're just trying to figure it out. But I mean, uh I trust Mike Caldwell coming from this top bulls defense. I mean, they they moved guys around, they moved Carlton Davis around, they moved their safeties around, with Jordan Whitehead and um, Antoine Moonfield Jr. too, so I, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for the future of the secondary, regardless. Because uh, if you I look at well. this cornerback trio, I, you could put it in the top ten in the NFL. It's very rare for a team to be this set at three cornerback spots. Very rare. Um, yeah. I think Jacksonville finally you know secured that position for years to come.
0: I think the only guy we haven't really talked about as far as free agent signings is the you know the big D tackle. I mean his name is pretty difficult for for us. this is left. Fatu Fatoukasi, you know, the big D tackle, 6'4", 318 pounds. You know, he's a run stuffer. You know, he's one of the highest – you know, he's one of the uh, highest-rated defensive tackles in free agency. Uh, What's your guys' take on on that signing and and what he's going to do in in, in Jacksonville?
2: I mean, I like him a lot. I think um, I graded that uh, signing as a – as like a B – or like a B plus uh, just cause he, he wasn't like a huge name, but they also didn't need like a huge name at, at D tackle anyway. Um, but yeah, I liked him a lot. Like you're saying, he was graded pretty high. He, um, I think he had a, he had a um, last three seasons. Only Brandon Graham was rated higher in run stuff.
0: Oh, wow. That's
1: good because you're in a division with Derek Henry and Jonathan Taylor. There yeah. you go, great signing.
0: Absolutely, you got to tackle Derrick yeah. Henry. You know, twice a year. I mean, you want a big run stuffer, and that you know they're the team that 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 runs a division right now. And you needed a big middle linebacker guy. So <laughs> I think that was kind of their, you know, their take with that.
2: I bet you they watched that game against Tennessee and they just almost threw up and they were appalled and they were like, let's get a linebacker who we could tackle. And the only thing they're missing now is a safety who can. Really bring guys down because well if you guys remember that that wingard how he got ran over by Derrick Henry in the in the in the end zone, that was so
0: crazy. Clay had a nice
1: tweet about winger too.
0: I feel bad because I don't know winger, and I, I you know I I never want to talk bad about the guy, but I was just I was just sharing info that was told to me, and there was no an analyst to to winger. You know I've seen him play, and you know. One somebody tweeted me and said, Oh, you don't like Miles Jack? What's your he had a hundred something tackles? So what? I guess it's so what? I go, Look, Adam Winger had 90 tackle, had 88 tackles last year. I go, is he better than all these safeties that had less tackles than him? Having and, a lot of um, tackles exactly. is not a good thing. No, no, well, yeah. like and what kind of tackles? He's chasing Pro- Yeah, it's, pretty it's not, not a good of, thing. You know, they're not the, the kind of tackles you want. And I just said that you know, some of his teammates have asked. You know, they're like, wow, like, how's this guy still in the league? And he's making, you know, two and a half million dollars this year. But, hey, you know, some sometimes, you know, coaches like certain guys. He's a guy that, you know, can play special teams and you can plug in. I don't mind him as a backup safety, but he cannot be a starting safety this year, in my opinion.
2: No, no, I, I think he's he he's smart, right? He can teach the guys that are underneath of him, like where to be because he's always in the right spot. But they target him because he has no ball skills. <laughs> so it's just like they need someone better. Maybe he can coach up and he can let them know, hey, this is where you're supposed to be. And maybe that's why Andre Sisco performed as well as he did when he finally came in the game, because he had someone like Winger to let him know where he's supposed to be, you know. And I think eventually that spot is taken um, and Winger, you know, just sits the bench because Cisco is definitely better. He def- obviously has better ball skills. Um, so it's just a matter of time.
0: Is the Honey Badger still out there? I mean, hey. Yeah, he there. visited
2: the Eagles, I think, today. Somebody reported. No,
0: no, don't. Is that, that not a, a report. real report? That was a fake
1: report, yeah. It was oh, a fake man. report.
0: Well, I mean, like, hey, I wouldn't mind I mean, if you're spending all this money, you got Kareem Jackson, another guy that I think can play, Xavier Woods. Yeah. You know, Terrell Edmonds. He's an interesting, you know, interesting signing, low-money guy mm-hmm. that I think has a lot of um, – you know, a lot the of, sorry, There's think, some
1: good safety options.
0: Some good safety options. Last year, he had a down year. But uh, you know, in the in the previous, you know, c- past couple years before that, I mean he's he's played solid. So I think uh, you know, Jabril Peppers, you know, th- there's a, a few guys out there that I think can um can play a little bit.
1: Real quick, Lori, since you wrote the article, Clay, pronounce the, the interior Run Suffer's name.
2: Josh I cannot. I can pronounce I, the other guy's name.
1: I can't What's do it, it either.
2: Soye Ades- Damn, where well, is his last name? Hold on.
1: <laughs> anyways, look at what how imperative having a run-stuffing interior defensive lineman has been to a Todd Bowles defense. He's had Vita Vea, and then he's had Steve McClendon in New York with the Jets. And yeah. those guys, uh, they will not blow up the box score per se, but their impacts are vast to what the defense can do, and especially the pass rushers for this defense. So I think that was a honestly, an underrated need, probably one of their biggest needs in Jacksonville. And they shirted up immediately the first day of free agency. So I think that's a huge impact for this Jacksonville's defensive line because this defense is predicated on having an elite run stuff. And I think they, they secured that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to read this next gen stats um, tweet. Follow Runzo. I don't know if I'm saying that right. So I'm not even going to say it again. Uh, He tackled ball carriers for a loss or no for, or for no gain on 5.7 of, percent of his run defensive snaps in 2021 which is the third highest stuff run stuff rate in the nfl with a minimum of 250 snaps obviously and over the last three seasons only brandon graham uh had a higher run stuff rate than that's a great stat laurie yeah that's a
1: great stat because brandon graham's the lead against the run so i mean that's what a huge signing for Jacksonville! That's that's probably their biggest value signing of the all season, and if you ask me, because his impact is going to be so vast, uh, come this season, we'll remember his name and then be able to pronounce it by the end of the year. I'll guarantee it.
0: No, I I like the signing three years, thirty million, and I think he was known around the league as as a great run stuff. For I think that's a low key guy that's not you know it's not the sexy name, the sexy position, but I think for the defense and obviously being in the same joint, the same division. You know, you got the Colts, you got the Titans, who have two of the best running backs in the game. So you gotta have a run stopper. Just run stopper. I, mean, I think that's
2: what they are thinking. He's sexy to me, but I don't
1: know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'll get we'll end the episode with one. Uh, I know I'm gonna ask you guys to do this off the top of your head, so I'm not gonna be mad if you're not able to, but I'm I wanna just end the episode with one free agent prediction for is gonna make from each of us because we got three right already, might we'll as well keep the train rolling. Um, I think they're going to sign Jawoski Tart, the safety from San Francisco 49ers, because Trent Balky drafted him 30 years old, still in his prime. I know he dropped that game ceiling interception in the NFC Championship game. That's what everybody's going to remember him for, but very solid safety play, a lot of range, great free safety for the defense. I think he fit in nicely in Jacksonville's uh, new system under Mike Cobwell. I think, especially with the, the ties to Trent Balky, I think that would be uh, a prospect. I think they would be looking into Jawaski Tart is who I'm predicting the next rate in signing.
2: Um, nice. I'm actually still looking at who is available. <laughs> I'll go
1: Terrell uh, Edmonds is a good name. I'm gonna tell you right now. I'll I'm go surprised he's not signed yet.
0: I'll go with Terrell Edmonds. Yeah, I think Terrell Edmonds or even even Anthony Harris, one of uh, you know one of Connor's Philly guys, or Daron Harmon. You know, one of my old teammates in, in 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 New England. I think safety is a position they gotta they gotta address, and there's a lot of good safeties out there. Daron Harmon, really athletic guy, good cover guy. You know Terrell Edmonds, Anthony Harris. I don't know how uh, Connor felt about him when he was in Philly, but you know I think Other days uh, are behind
1: him. But you know he's a
0: solid tackler. You know he's got good ball skills, good deep yes. coverage. You know plays split safety shell pretty well. So I think a guy like him, and then obviously like I said, um, you know Terrell Edmonds. You know he's um, you know 2018 draft pick. He's been a starter in 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 Pittsburgh and he hasn't made a ton of plays, but I think he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a guy that could really, you know, improve the Jaguars defense there.
2: Yeah. I mean, honestly, any, yeah, any, any pass rusher or another linebacker because right now they really don't yep. have much. So, um, I mean, I don't want to like go with Joe schobert again, but I mean, they don't really have, you know, another guy that's uh like not athletic, you know, you, you have you have Foyer, which I think is more comfortable at the will, but can play the mic. Um, so maybe bringing in a mic, um, you, Joe Schober didn't do too bad, but um, and but any coverage guy would be great too because Foyer isn't great in coverage, like he's great when he drops back, but like matched up one on one, like he's not awesome. Um, yeah, so. I, I wouldn't like, mind
1: giving Brian Bulaga a, a one-year prove-it deal. I know he's been injury-prone uh, the last couple of years. He has an injury history that's pretty damning. But uh, well, I think the best thing you can possibly do before you go into a draft is not have needs or not have major needs. Uh, yeah. At least feel, bring in a prospect at each need that you have to compete with the draft pick you bring in so you can go BPA with your board. Because that's what the Jacksonville needs. You just need talent. So, I mean, I wouldn't mind Brian Bulaga on a 1 year like, deal.
0: I like it. I said I tweeted yesterday I said Trent Brown, you know, he played in the New England. Trent
1: Lions, great.
0: He's only 28. You know, he's a he's he's a good player. He can move guys in the pass in the in the run game, but um he's one of the better pass blocking blocking tackles in the league if you ask me. Guy used to play with Riley Reef on the Detroit Lions. He's getting up there in age. He's 33, 34. But uh, he's a solid player. He's a good locker room guy. He works hard. He's smart. He knows his calls. And if you want a right tackle that you know what you're going to get, not going to do anything flashy. He's not going to do anything, you know, crazy, go out of his way. But Riley Reef, one of my former teammates, I really like the way he plays the game. I think he would fit in nicely in Jacksonville, but definitely be an upgrade from Juwan Taylor. And you're not going to have to pay him, you know, crazy, crazy amount of money. So Riley Reef or, you know, Trent Brown. Two guys that I've had experience with that I would love to see in Duval.
2: <laughs> what about? And this is going to sound crazy, but um, they don't really have a speed back. What if like Boston Scott came over to to the Jags? Cause,
1: it happened. The Eagles didn't tender him.
2: Yeah, I mean, they didn't. I mean, he, he, Boston Scott? Huh? Nope. I mean, they had a full no. room too. So so what's, this, last year on
0: ETN. what's this what's this is he looking good is he looking like he's ready to come back like i i haven't heard much coming out of uh you know the locker room there the training room to see if, yeah. if he's gonna be ready to go
2: yeah he he's he's gonna be ready to go they they said so
0: okay well I, I mean i love that that's an explosive guy and um obviously we got james robinson but i think we could use another back um yeah, like I mean, a really
2: fast guy um, yeah. that can kind of like get to the edge faster than ETN and Robinson. Because to be honest, like, I don't think ETN, like he's faster than Robinson, but not by much, I don't think. I don't think he's, I mean, I feel like those two, their measurables are kind of similar. Um, ETN's a little bit more like athletic. Obviously, Robinson was a unsigned or um, undrafted uh, guy. So. You know, ETN definitely has like the skill set, but I think that they need someone like a like w- super fast. Like Boston's guy, because they are missing yeah. a guy since uh, since they had oh my god, what was his name? I don't I don't remember it. I think it began with like a C. They oh, I'm always forgetting guys' names, but there was somebody on the Jaguars like in 2016. Um, And he was one of the backs and he was super fast. He was small. he was sure he's able to kind of get in between the tackles and still, even though being super small and get to the outside faster than like anybody. I'm going to think about, I'm going to tweet it. Justin huh? Jackson,
0: a guy like Justin Jackson from the chargers. He's a young player. He's only 25. He ran four, three like coming out of Northwestern. I used to train with him at a training facility in Chicago because he's a Chicago guy. And um, hardworking guy, just a good kid. Justin Jackson's a speedster. Obviously, you got, like, Cordell Patterson, you know, receiver, half halfback that can run, speedster if you want just a guy to get to the outside maybe catch some passes out the backfield. I mean, that's a thought. But, I mean, I like where your head's at with maybe getting a speed guy. Yeah, yeah,
2: of- he, he was Corey Grant. That's who I was thinking
0: of. They oh, haven't Kobe had a guy. Yeah.
2: yeah, he was awesome. Um, he they was- haven't had-, had a fast – yeah, yeah, four two—that's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I love Corey Grant. I played with him back in my uh, my glory days in Jacksonville. Good guy. Is he still around?
2: I don't think so. I think no, he got hurt right. no. and he's just been like gone.
0: Yeah,
1: awesome. that's gonna do it for us, guys. That was a great free agency recap episode. Now remember to go look in the description link below. I'm gonna link Lori's article uh, for USA Today about the Jacksonville Jaguars free agency update that she kept referring to this episode, so that you guys can go read it for yourselves and see what she thinks about all each and every move. Clay's going to keep putting out those cryptic tweets about what teammates are telling him about current players on the teams and make Jacksonville Jaguars' Twitter go crazy. We love it. Uh, I still can't believe it. I, I I saw Taylor Ramsey quote that tweet and say, this isn't me. Stop saying it's me. <laughs> I thought
0: that was pretty funny, man. That
1: you was good. flipped Duval upside down for a day. That was good. That's what we like to see, man. You're back in the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, analyst field. You're covering the team, and then after your third podcast episode, you put out a tweet, and you flip the whole city upside down. Love it. Absolutely. All right, guys. We'll see you soon. See you next week.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.